Well, my name is Hayden Ratner. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk Church, and I just greet you and I honor you uh, from my wife Nina and I together, and we're so glad that you chose to join us here for church. Come on, at the Walk Warehouse. Let's go. It don't matter where we're at. We're going to worship the Lord, and uh, he's going to be glorified and praised. And so I'm honored to be able to continue in a new series that we kicked off last week that is titled The God of More. As we turn the corner into our five-year birthday last week, I just really sensed God place this, this word on my heart, this word more, that God has done a whole lot in the last five years. And really, when you think about it, in all of our entire lives, God has been at work, amen? Like, like to get you to this point where you're at here today, it's taken a whole life and a whole lot of different ups and downs and peaks and valleys, and, and you're here today and... And I'm really believing that God is still able to do even more. And so that's where we're going to be spending time the next few weeks, just talking about the God of more and what is God able to do more in and how are we going to experience this more in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our city, in our schools, in our nation, in our world. I want to see God do more all around, amen? I don't want to... One of the frustrations of the Bible... And sometimes it's okay to get frustrated with the Bible. Just know that in the end, Jesus wins. So you want to, at some point, get over your frustrations and get on his team. But one of the frustrations in the Bible is th this gap between Malachi and Matthew, where God was silent for 400 years. And then he said, I'm going to send the Messiah in the world, uh, and his name's Jesus, and he's going to save the day. Um, <laughs> hey, man, we love clapping here at Walk Church. If two people clap, we all clap. We don't want someone to feel awkward. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't want to be the reason for God to just have a moment of, of silence where God's like, I'm, I'm going to stop doing more. I want, I want Walk Church to be such an such, such a ever-present pounding on heaven's door that Jesus is like, i got to do more. This church is hungry for more. This church is ready. These believers, these people are, are, are desiring more. So that's where we're at today. All right, so let's go ahead and look at the God of more. Um, today I want to preach a message to you that I'm titling, God Wants to Do More With Me. God Wants to Do More With Me. Come on, just repeat that title after me right now. God Wants to Do More With Me. Let's put it on the screen right now. God Wants to Do More With Me. And I'm not talking about me personally as if, like, if God were to do something more with me, it would affect everything else. I'm talking about God wants to do more with me, and God wants to do more with you. Amen? Like, look at the person next to you and say, hey, yo, God wants to do more with you. Look back at that same person and say, I know, he wants to do more with you too. If you're watching this online, God wants to do more with you. Right, Ephesians 3.20, we read it last week. I'll show you that first part on the screen. It says, now to him who is able to do far more. So I'm convinced by that scripture alone that God is able to do far more. And I believe before we break out into cities and nations and world, come on, it starts with me. I think we have this sinful condition. It's like a, it's, everybody has it. Don't single somebody out, but it's this, this, it's this fruit of sin that's called selfishness, where we tend to hear things through the, the, this, 
this lens, we tend to see things through this lens that it's for somebody else. Like right now, you're potentially hearing this thinking, oh yeah, this is a message for somebody. It's, it's for you. Like, I love you enough to say this is the message for you. Try your best. Discipline yourself to not get somebody else in your mind like, ooh, this is, God wants to do more in this person if they can hear this. This is the message for you. While I was working on this message, God was saying, this is a good message, but if you never get to preach it, it's okay. It's for me. God wants to do far more in you. So let me go and give you the first point of the message. God wants to do more with you, yes, but before God can do more with you, come on, God has to do more in you. You have to be ready and able to say today, I'm, I'm, I'm under the conviction, I'm under the realization that God wants to do more in me. Right? Yes, God wants to do more with you, but that, that only happens if you start to allow him to do more in you First, I, I really find this to be true in the Gospel of Mark. As Jesus starts to call his disciples, he calls 12 to follow him. He labels them as apostles. We find in Mark chapter 3, Jesus bring a little bit more context to this calling. Check this out with me. It says, he went up on the mountain and called to, the, to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. Praise God. And I really believe Jesus desires for all of us to come to him today. If this is your first time at Walk Church, if this is your first time at church, I remember as a 19-year-old, never been to church in my life, going to church for the first time, feeling like this is so different and weird. We're singing and people are friendly and I'm just, and, and it, was, it was then that God was desiring for me to be with him. He's desiring that for you today too. He says, he went on the mountain, called whom he desired, and they came to him and he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might, say it with me, so that they might, say it with me, be with him, that they might be with him. The text goes on to say, and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons, but before they could preach, before they could cast out demons, before they could have this level of authority, before they could be touched with anointing and power, Jesus says, you first got to be with me. Jesus says, if, if you miss the be with me part, then you're, you're going to be limited on what you can do for him. I really believe the first point of this message is that Jesus wants to do more in us before he does more with us. And I think all of us long to be used by God. All of us long to serve God. All of us long to make an impact and make a difference. You guys have maybe heard me share this before, but I once heard a statistic in a poll that really bothered me, not, not necessarily bothered me, but impacted me. As a poll was taken of people that were in the last few years of their lives, they were asked this question. If you could go back and do anything different, what would you do different? And, and the overwhelming answer, majority of the answers were the same. The answers were this. I wish I would have made a difference. I wish I would have left a mark. I wish I would have done something with my life that could be remembered, that God was glorified with. Right? This was the answer and I'm really believing that that's the case for all of us. But before we can be used by God to do something great, we have to be with God greatly. Amen? Like Jesus is teaching us that the disciples, the 12 knuckleheads, these guys were not that impressive. 
Jesus doesn't go to the religious elite and say, you follow me. He doesn't go to the Pharisees and say, you follow me. He goes to fishermen, zealots, tax collectors, prostitutes. These were the people that were on team Jesus. That should make all of us say amen, right? We got a place too. And Jesus says, oh, if y'all could just be with me, the, the, the power that was on Christ may run, rub off on you, and you might do something as well, that they might be with him. I love this quote from Henry Blackaby. I, I don't think you could put it any more clear than how Blackaby says it here. He says it like this. We are so activity-oriented that we assume we were saved for a task to perform rather than a relationship to enjoy. That, that we're in America... And in Las Vegas, where we're very fast-paced and we have trouble just being still, that we would maybe assume that Jesus saved you so that you could do an activity for him rather than a relationship with him. And, and I think that's why Jesus tells religious people in Matthew 7, you're not getting into heaven because I don't know you. It's not that they weren't doing great stuff for him. Some people are going to get to heaven one day and lay out a sheet of perfect church attendance. And Jesus goes, I don't even know you. That's devastating. Some people are going to say, Jesus, I prophesied in your name. I did miracles in your name. I, I, I abstained from sin. I, I, I did this and that. I got baptized at this. And Jesus goes, but we don't, we don't kick it. <laughs> but we, like, I, I know you do a lot of dope stuff but you never call me and you don't read my text messages like they got delivered Jesus is like the book is in your closet it's delivered it's, it's on your bedstand. it's in your phone but you never read it I want a relationship with you I want to know you and I want you to know me here's what I want you, want you to hear today God wants you to know him more and God wants to know you more as I was thinking about the God of more for the next five years of ministry I started having these dreams and vision and praying about this piece of land and praying about building a building and praying about reaching the nations and planting more churches and Jesus is like you're way far ahead what about just me and you N none of that can happen until I first do it in you and I think about a church that's collectively pursuing the more in me and in you, and man, that's a powerful church. Let me give you this defining statement. I want to put it up here on the screen. Here's just a defining statement. Being with Jesus always precedes doing something for Jesus. If you're a note taker, write it down, take a screenshot. Being with Jesus always precedes doing something for Jesus. This is the hardest thing to grasp. This is the hardest thing to catch. Even some of you right now are saying, this is not the message I want to hear. You're like, give me something that's activity-oriented. But I'm convinced there's no greater activity than being with Jesus. This is the model that he demonstrated with his life. Amen? How many times do you find Jesus waking up before everybody wakes up to spend time with the Father? If Jesus woke up early to pray, how much more should we? If Jesus spent time memorizing and knowing the Word of God, 
how much more should we? If Jesus prioritized going to the temple to worship God, how much more should we? Jesus cut out time in ministry, right? There, there's a moment in Luke chapter 5 where it says the crowds were coming by, from every part of the city to see Jesus, and Jesus would leave the crowds to pray. Right? This isn't a message that I want to just kind of beat you over the head to say, pray more. But I do, I do want you to leave thinking, man, God wants more of me. And if you want to be used by Jesus to experience his more, it's going to be preceded by being with him more. And I, could, I, I would be cheating you if I didn't tell you, tell you that. And this is a message for me. Yet Yesterday, uh, I was getting ready to go out with my family. And some of you who don't know me I have an amazing wife named Nina. We have three little boys. They're all under the age of five, five and under. And so they're, 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 they're fun. We got the little rug rat basketball team started. And, um, and so Nina goes, all right, just put, put our two boys in the car. So I put Asa in the car. I put Epaf in the car. And she was getting the baby ready. And I, got, I sat down in the car. And I sat there. And because I think I'm so activity driven, I like pulled out, took a, a, a drive around our neighborhood just to come back so I didn't have to sit there. And Nina's like walking down the street. She's like, what are you doing? I goes, I don't know. I couldn't sit still. <laughs> this is a message for me. <laughs> just like, can you just be still and just know that God is God? Like David in the, the book of Psalms says, be still, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. If we took more still moments throughout the day to just say, okay, I'm frustrated, I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted, I didn't like that message, I didn't like what I saw on the news, I didn't like what's happening around me, I don't like how I feel, I don't like how I look. If you were to just stop for a second and say, okay, I'm going to take all that and just be still and just know that God's God. It, it'll change you, you'll begin to experience the more. I, I love this verse from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah in chapter 33 says it like this. He says, call to me, do that. Like live out those three words. Jesus, he said, call to me and I will answer you. I love these promises right here. Call to me and I'll answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things. This just tells me that God must have more. If there's some stuff that's being hidden from me, I want to know about it. Jesus is like, I got hidden things that you don't even know yet about your life. You don't even know about your future. You don't even know about what God wants to do to you, do through you, do in you, what he wants to do for you. And he says, but you'll never know because you don't spend time with me. Jesus goes, if you could just take a few moments before you start the day and before you check all your noties. It's a cute way to say notifications, all right? Some of those little bubbles on your phone, right? You want to go straight to those text messages, straight to Instagram, straight to Twitter, straight to what's trending, straight to whatever, that, whatever you do, TikTok, Snapchat, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, Jesus is like, yo, I, I had something to tell you, though, and I've been hiding it, but I was going to reveal it, but you listen to every single other voice, no wonder you feel so discouraged, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you, I love great things, amen? <laughs> Jesus is like, my more for you is great. But before he sends them out to do stuff for him, he sends them out to be with him. 
He calls the 12 and he goes, all right, the 12 were like, okay, what are we doing? And Jesus goes, we're just going to be with each other today. We're going to get to know each other better today. Oh, what I would give to be a part of that group. And Jesus goes, you don't have to be a part of that group. I'm with you right now. Talk to me. Be with me. Another, another spiritual way to say it, how Jesus says it, is he says, abide in me. The word abide by definition means to make one's home. Or a synonym for abide is to dwell, to dwell with me, to hang with me, to chill with me, spend time with me. Jesus in John 15, he, he taps into this principle, right? Let's look at it on the screen. I am the true vine. This is the last night of Jesus' life. Jesus takes the disciples out of the, the Last Supper moment. He just instituted communion. He washed the disciples' feet. He spoke to them about what's going to happen. Judas leaves the room. Jesus takes the 12, and he says, let's walk. And he takes them into a vineyard, and I can just see Jesus look at a tree, and he says, look, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear, say that word with me, more fruit. But before you get to the more fruit, Jesus says, you're clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. The more fruit does not magically appear when the branch is disconnected from the vine. And some of you, church, hear me, are disconnected from the vine. I love you enough to tell you that you feel disconnected from God and you feel like you're missing his love. You feel like you're missing his plan. You feel like you're missing his blessing and purpose and you feel that way because you're disconnected from the vine. And what Jesus is hoping you would do today is Allow yourself to be reattached to the vine so that you can be able to spend time with him and to produce fruit for his glory. He says, the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The greatest thing that we can do, church, is be with Jesus. I know it sounds boring, but that's where the power is. Like, if you ever, I'm not too good at this stuff, but I'm learning, all right? If you've ever planted a tree, we don't do too much planting in Las Vegas, but it would be a worthy test if you want to just test if what I'm saying is true. If you plant some seeds in a ground, and maybe it's an orange tree seed, like you don't just see oranges the next day, amen? Right, you might see like a little, a little spark and then this thing grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And at some point, all of a sudden you see fruit start to pop off. And it wasn't that the branch is anything special, it's just that the branch, it, it hanged on, it remained. And, and the Christian life is oftentimes about remaining. It, it's not super lavish. It might not get you a bunch of likes and retweets and comments. 
In fact, it might make you lose followers. Yet, at some point, fruit pops off. And then people that are starving for nutrients will see you and say, I need some of that. But not, some of us don't bear fruit because we don't hang around Jesus long enough to see the fruit pop off. He says, apart from me, you can do no thing. I got to come around to this message all the time because I start to think, man, if I could just get, if I, I'm so active, I just want to, I need one of those shirts that say T-G-I-M. Thank God it's Monday. I wake, I'm a, I'm a go-getter. I'm a, I go, like to go to it. It's hard for me to stop and pray. But I've, I've found that it's in those times with Jesus that everything else flows out of. So if you just hear me today, God wants to do more in you. I mean, as we keep this verse up, a few things I want to highlight. Just, just double-click and bold. Um, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Check this out. This is going to sting a little bit. You're not that impressive. Let's clap for that. Some of y'all are like, I'm not clapping for that. Let me go ahead and say this. I'm not that impressive. All of us, y'all don't clap, man, I don't clap. All of us in this house are deeply sinful. If not, ask the person's spouse, all right? All of us are deeply sinful. None of us would have chosen God on our own. All of us would have chosen everything else but him. None of us are righteous. All of us are sinful. All of us are broken. None of us are fixed up. In fact, Jesus calls us a branch. Dang. Like, I'm not, come on. Like, I'm created in the image and likeness of God. I got to be more than a branch. No, you're a branch. Like, branches are not that attractive. Branches get thrown away. Branches get tossed into the fire. Unless the branch has a purpose... And the purpose of you, Mr. and Mrs. Branch, is to stay connected to the vine. His name is Jesus. The Father is the one who is the vine dresser. And he will produce fruit in this momentary life that he's given you while you're here on earth. James, the brother of Jesus, calls it an eye blink. And you're gone. You're a speck on this planet. You're not that impressive. When you have a right view of yourself you might start to have a right view of God. Be like, wow, God, you're really, really big, and you know this branch? That's pretty impressive. Right? Jesus, Jesus is not impressed. We need to be impressed with him. I'm the vine. You are the branches. That should make us feel low and special at the same time. Low in the sense that, man, I'm just a branch. Special in the, in the sense that Jesus wants this branch. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And sometimes I really think, in my own sinful heart, I really think that I think that this word says like a few things. Like, all right, if I don't abide today, I could still like get through. Like, if I don't abide in Jesus today, I could probably still be effective. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, 
and I'm triggered, I'm, I'm convicted by how much nothing I'm sure I produce every day. Like if Jesus were to show us how much nothing our lives produced in the short amount of time we've lived, I bet you we would cry. And we would probably say, I wasted so much for nothing. Yet it's in Jesus that there's so much more. And so before we get to more in our city, before we get to more in our nation, before we get to more in our world, I believe God wants to do more in all of it. Before we get to do more in, in, in our homes, he has to do more in you. Jesus is telling me, Hyden, if you want to see me do more in your church, you have to let me do more in you. And so I'm committed to this, amen? Will you commit with me? Will you commit with me? He's worthy of your more. I'll give you just a couple practical next steps. This is Walk Church, we love next steps. These are just a couple options. These don't have to be your options. Here's a couple things to think through. Your Bible. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word is living and active. Wow. If you get close to your Bible, it will activate you. Like, like some, like, whoa, that word was different. This is not an ordinary book. This is a supernatural book. It's not boring. It's filled with mystery. It's filled with the Word of God. It's filled with the Spirit of God. It's filled with drama. It's filled with uh, courtroom stuff. It's filled with sexual sin. It's filled with the king who comes back to save his people who have been deceived by the enemy. This is the best book there is. It's, it's, it's sealed with the promise of the victory at the end. You can figure out how this whole thing ends. you got to get back in your Bible. What are, where should I read? It's 66 books. Start with a daily proverb. This is how I start my day. Today, I started with Proverbs 27. It was so helpful. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. I needed that. Verse number two said, don't boast about yourself. Let somebody else boast about you. I needed that today. Sometimes I only get past the first two and I go, all right, I got what I needed. But start with the daily proverb. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, a chapter of wisdom for every day. God is good, amen? He wants you to know him. He wants to know you. Start reading a gospel. What are the gospels? Matthew, Mark. Luke, John, get close to the red letters of Jesus. Get close, get to know Jesus in the Gospels. I've made it a practice to make sure I'm always in a Gospel. And you say, hey man, which one should I pick? Pick pick one. If you want to know more of the Jewish side of Jesus, pick Matthew. Because Matthew's a Jewish man who came to know Jesus, and he's bringing out the messianic prophecies of Jesus all throughout Matthew. If you want to see the Sports Center top 10 highlights of Jesus, you want a quick read, read Mark. It's the shortest gospel. It just goes right to it. Jesus in action. Here's the Son of God named Jesus, and he's on the move. If you want to read the chronological ordering of Jesus, written in the finest Greek language that is possible, read Luke's gospel, the physician and scholar. He's going to give you every detail of Jesus' life in the chronological order. 
If you want to know about Jesus claiming to be God in the flesh, being the actual God-man living in and around people and doing miraculous works, Jesus is in the Gospel of John from the beginning to the end, showing off his deity as the Lord and Savior of the world. Pick one, and then maybe you'll finish Mark, and then you'll start John, and then you'll finish John, and you'll start Matthew, and then you'll finish Matthew, and you'll start Luke, and then you're ready to start Mark again. This is my practice. This doesn't have to be yours. I've, I recently felt like Jesus led me to start reading the book of Genesis again. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I felt 2020 has been filled with so much pain, but, I don't, but I've just found myself in the book of Genesis identifying with the pain of so many people. Genesis is loaded with dark pain from Abraham to Jacob to his son to Isaac to Joseph. There's betrayal and sin and thievery and death and tears all throughout the book of Genesis. I need to be with Jesus in the word, amen? So do you. But if you're honest right now, right, your time with the word is probably pretty average, if existent at all. What if you committed to this upcoming week to doing it the real way? Maybe your time in the word is fresh and great and you journal and God speaks to you for an hour in the morning. Praise God, keep it going. But it doesn't have to be that long. Just make sure you open the book and eat from the word. Here's some next steps, not just your Bible, but talk to God. The reason why I put talk to God is because that's my definition for prayer. Sometimes we think prayer is this very weighty task that you got to get like really prepared for and you got to get down on your knees and you got to, okay, how, should, how, did, how, did, how did he do it? Lordeth, Father, what should I say? I don't know what to say. I'm ex All right, I'm, I'm done. I'm tapped out. Talk to God. You don't think he knows your language? He knows your thoughts. You're not going to freak him out. You're not going to scare him with your words. You might slip a cuss word out. You're not going to get a lightning bolt. You're actually going to be real. Jesus is like, I already know. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He wants to know you, and he wants you to know him. Talk to God. That means while you're driving to work, talk to God. That means when you're getting out of the car, talk to God. That means when you leave church today, talk to God. That means when you're taking a shower, talk to God. That means when you are having a hard day, talk to God. It means when you have a great day, talk to God. When you get fired, talk to God. When you get promoted, talk to God. Talk to him. Talk to him. And don't stop talking to him. What could Paul have meant when he said pray without ceasing? Here's what he meant. Talk to him. Don't stop. He wants to hear from you. I put one more resource. Uh, I've read a devotional over the past decade of my life by a man named Oswald Chambers. He wrote a devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. I haven't done a perfect job of reading it every day, but I've tried to make it a practice to read this devotional. It'll take you about five minutes, maybe, and you can find it for free at utmost.org. So maybe you can put it on your phone or wake up or maybe at lunchtime you read the, the, the devotional for the day. But this devotional is so fresh. It's challenging. It's hard. I read it this morning. 
and it spoke directly to where I'm at today. In fact, this morning's devotional said, apart from a relationship with Jesus, you're going to be powerless. You're going to be fruitless. And so, hey, these are, if you did all this, it would probably take you a few minutes every day. It might cut into your social media time. Yes, it will. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Those are some next steps God wants to do more in you. Let me go ahead and go to the second point, and we're almost done. I only got two points, all right? God wants to do more in me, and friend, God wants to do more through me. Remember the title of this message, God wants to do more with me. He, he does. The truth is God wants to do more with you. No denying it. He wants to do more with you. And here's how it's going to practically look. In you and through you. In you and through you. What a great prayer to pray. God, do something more in me today. God, do something more through me today. The, the, the vine through the branch. This is the way of Jesus. He wants to do more through me. Let's go back to our Mark 3 text. Right? In Mark 3, we see it like this. He went up on the mountain. He called to him those whom he desired. They came to him, praise the Lord. And he appointed 12 from whom he also named apostles, the sent ones, so that they might be with him. I Hopefully, if you got the be with part, say, I got it. Or maybe for the most part, say, I got it. Right? right? I don't know that we'll ever graduate from that, but hopefully we got it. And he might do something with them. I'm glad that the text for the active the activity people like myself, it doesn't just stop with be with him, period. Some of the introverts in the house were like, man, I thought it was going to end with be with him. I love to just spend all day with Jesus, all night with Jesus. I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to tell anybody about Jesus. I just want to be with Jesus. And Jesus is like, nah, bruh. Nah, sis. I want to do something through you. So that he might send them out to preach. That Jesus wants to do something through you. This word preach here, by definition, means this. To be an extension of his voice. That's what it means to preach. Men and women here in the room, hear me. That Jesus wants to use you to be an extension of his voice. He does. Here's what I've found. I'm less likely to be an extension of his voice when I haven't heard him speak. But when I've spent time with Jesus, for some reason I just am more game ready to be an extension of his voice. When I've spent time with Jesus, I find I have the word ready. I find that the divine appointment is around the corner. I find that I'm more likely to share what he's told me when I've listened and spent time with him. That's why you can't get the cart ahead of the horse. It's got to be in the right order. You spend time with Jesus, and you're ready to be used by Jesus. So you can be an extension of his voice. What It goes on to say, and have authority to cast out demons. I love the authority that Jesus gives to his disciples. And, and disciples are not gender-specific. Disciples are for everybody in this room. Disciples are not age-specific. Disciples are for everybody in this room. To the oldest person in this room, you're a disciple of Jesus, if you know him and are following him and listening to him. To the youngest person in the room, be a disciple of Jesus and know him and listen to him and follow him. He'll use you. He'll give you his authority. 
to do great things. Preach is an extension of his voice. Cast out is an extension of his hand. Amen? Jesus is telling the disciples, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be with me, be charged up in me, be filled with me so that you can be an extension of my voice and an extension of my hand. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the authority to be the hands and feet of him. That's the church. The church is the ecclesia, the called out saints who are now the extension of his voice, the extension of his hands, the extension of his feet. I love this one. The extension of his eyes. The reason why we talk about seeing people the way Jesus sees people is because we're his eyes. Right? The spirit of Christ lives in us. Amen? We're his Jesus defines the church as what? His bride and his body. The moment that we stop becoming his body, the church loses his power. I think that the church, one of the problems, Pastor Mike, is I think sometimes the church is a dysfunctional body. Because some arms want to go do this and some legs want to do this and we're not being with Jesus to hear him speak. What do you want us to do? Sometimes it's because we know that Jesus is going to say, I want you to sit down and listen. If you get close enough, Jesus is probably going to say, I want to speak to you. I want to talk to you so that you can be an extension of my voice and an extension of my hand. Right? We see this. John 15, one more time. Let's go revisit where we just came from. Right? I want you to see that the with Jesus leads to through Jesus. When we spend time with him, we do stuff for him. He, he lives his life through us. He presses his life through us. That's how we get to the more fruit. He proved that it may bear more fruit. On the next slide, right, he continues. He says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears, say that with me, much fruit. Why do I highlight the much fruit? Because I want you to be convinced that you're not done. There's more fruit that's going to come from your life. Right? We're not called to be fruitless Christians. We're called to be fruitful Christians. There's actually a parable. It's a scary parable. I'm sorry. It's not even a parable. It's an actual uh, a moment that happened in the life of Jesus. It's not even a parable. There's a moment in the life of Jesus where Jesus walked up with his disciples to a fig tree. And it says that Jesus was hungry. But the tree stopped producing fruit, so Jesus just made the tree wither because it was no good. And Jesus then told the disciples, here's what just happened. When I come up to you hungry, I want some fruit. Amen? Or else your purpose is not being fulfilled. In other words, Jesus says, I can't use you. Be with me so I can do and live my life through you. Jesus wants to use you. Come on, can you tell the person next to you that as well? Jesus wants to use you. Come on, he does. Jesus wants to use you. Let's keep it going. Turn to the person behind you. Say, you too. Jesus wants to use you. On this camera, Jesus wants to use you. On this camera, Jesus wants to use you. To this side of the room, Jesus wants to use you. To this side of the room, Jesus wants you. Jesus wants to use you. He does. 
And how that looks may look different from the person next to you. He wants to use you. I love this quote from Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church in Southern California. He says, God is looking for people to use. And if you can get usable, he will wear you out. The most dangerous prayer you can pray is this. Use me. Use me. God wants to use you. And here's what I believe. God will use you. And you'll begin to experience the more that God wants to do more with you. He wants to do more in you. He wants to do more through you. In you, through you. The moment you don't have both of those in the tension, bringing both of those, God's doing something in me right now. God's doing something through me right now. Because what he's doing in you, he wants to produce through you. Somebody needs to hear an extension of his voice. How will they hear, Paul says to the Romans, how will the Romans hear unless you tell them? How will they know? How will your neighbors know? How will your coworkers know? With him, through him. Amen? Does that make sense? Let me give you some practical steps here, and I'm done with my message. Simply a more message about in us and through us. Here's the next steps when it comes to through you. Join the dream team. We have a team here at Walk Church that is made up of volunteers at our church that say, I, I, I want to be used by him. I want him to work through me. And today, maybe you would say, I want to be on the dream team. Why do we call it the dream team? Because we believe this team helps bring the dream of God to life. And the, the, the dream team, amen, I'm with you. Somebody, somebody's on the dream team knows what I'm talking about. We believe that it's this team that brings the dream of God to life. In order to bring the dream that God has for Walk Church to life, it takes a lot of people to reach a lot of people, Amen. It takes a lot of people to set these chairs out. It takes a lot of people to get this screen on. It takes a lot of people to make sure we're live streaming to everybody that's online right now. It takes a lot of people to set out the, the, the cones and the, the, the banners and to, to make sure that everything's clicking on all cylinders to have church and experience Jesus and be an extension. It takes a lot of people to have a kids ministry. It takes a lot of people to have a worship team. It takes a lot of people to have a production team. It takes a lot of people to feed homeless people. It takes a lot of people to have a youth ministry. It takes a lot of people. And so, my friend, God has a purpose for you on this team. And for some of you, you might realize, I got a gift to sing. For some of you, you might realize, I got a gift to play. For some of you, it may, you may realize, I got a gift to greet. I just love people. For some of you, you have the gift of administration. You don't love people, but you can type something. You, you, you may not, you, you have a gift. God has made you on purpose for purpose. And so join the dream team. You might say, I don't know what that looks like. Well, maybe you can ask. Find one of our leaders here at Walk Church. Find me and say, I want to join the dream team. And here's what I'm going to say. What are you good at? Just do that. We got a place for you somewhere. Where, where do you want to serve? I really believe the New Testament would say that serving is not an option. Serving is an expectation. You know why? Because our nickname are, is Servants for Christ. How can you be a, have you ever heard of a servant who doesn't serve? 
That's who we are. We're branches. We serve the body, the bride of Christ. Find where you can serve on the dream team. We actually are getting ready to drop a brand new dream team shirt. These shirts are not for sale. You can only get one if you're on the dream team. I know you want one. So get on the dream team. You can get yourself a shirt. We'd love to get you on the team. The second thing is get plugged into a charge group. I love the idea of seeing people that say God wants to do more in me and through me paired up with people that say God wants to do more in me and through me. That's how you get iron sharpens iron. I was reading Proverbs 27 this morning and and that verse spoke to me. It was in the proverb this morning. As one person sharpens another, so iron sharpens iron. If you want to get sharp, come on, you don't want to just be a butter knife. You want to be a Swiss sharp knife, amen? Jesus is going to use you to cut up the lies of the enemy. Jesus is going to use you to do surgery on somebody spiritually, right? God wants to use you to sharpen somebody. You, you might end up cutting somebody, but it might heal somebody, right? You might cut the sin out of somebody's life. Jesus wants to use his church. And so you got to join a group, get plugged in to a charge group. Why do we call them charge groups? Because we believe when you go to a group, you get charged up. All of us are kind of like our phones. Our battery wears down throughout the day, throughout the week. There's enough drama and struggle that we just, our batteries get low. But when we get around community, we get charged up. And so this upcoming week, we're kicking off a brand new season of charge groups. This is going to be the first week coming up. And so this is a great on-ramp. A lot of people don't don't join groups because they're like, man, it already started. It hasn't. You can start this week. This would be a great time for you to say, all right, I'm going to take his suggestion. I'm going to be a part of a group. And so right now I want to introduce all of our charge group facilitators and our new charge group coordinator. They're going to make their way up on the stage here. And you're going to get to see some of the different groups so you can know that they don't bite, all right? We got friendly groups, and they are amazing. So you guys can all make your way up here right now. Come on up. Come on up. It's all good. Let's just go ahead and make a line. Yeah, we can clap. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's just kind of, let's just come all the way through, and hopefully we can fit everybody. be done today. We might mess around and have to do two lines. We can't social distance the charge groups right now. Come on up, you guys. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Hey, let, me, let me sneak by you, Troy. Thanks, brother. All right. Come on, let's give it up for all of our group facilitators here today. Um, Right over here on your left uh, is Melissa and Tim Deep, and we love the Deep family. They just had a baby boy named Titus, and we thank the Lord for Melissa and Tim. You guys moved here in 2020. You jumped right in with our church and have been an amazing couple, serving powerfully. And Melissa just joined our staff as our charge group's coordinator. And so she's been helping get everybody up to speed on this. Melissa, just introduce yourself a little bit and let's jump into this time. All right. Thank you so much for having me here today. And I'm so excited for charge groups to get started. 
Um, so as Pastor Hayden had mentioned, we had just moved here in January of this year. Um, it was just me and my husband. We were hungry for community, so we had plugged into a charge group, committed. So at the end of the semester, we didn't just make friends, we made a family. And so I encourage each of you guys not to just be seated here on a Sunday, but to actually commit, join and commit to an, uh, into a charge group. So my husband and I, we are facilitating a charge group on Thursdays. We have two groups. Um, one is a marriage group. It's on um, every first Thursday and every third Thursday of the month. And the other group is? So the other group is golf group. So Melissa didn't mention that. We stagger both of them. So with the marriage group, they have to go on a date night for the next week. And then we'll stagger with the golf group. So this golf group is a very good one for fellowship. And, uh, you know, it's from all, all different uh, experiences. So if you're a PGA pro, if you're <laughs> trying to shoot, try to break 100, or your favorite movie is Happy Gilmore, we want to welcome you. So, Amen. Yeah, welcome. I love a golf group. That's going to be great. I, that's the group I need to go to, right? I mean, Lord, help me. No judgment, though, right? Okay. Amen. Well, welcome, guys. Let's keep going. Hey, everyone. I'm Pastor Mike. I serve as the executive pastor here at Walk Church. And we are starting a charge group in the Mountain's Edge area. So if you live there or... Or if you don't, we'd love to have you guys join. It's married, it's co-eds, um, uh, married, single, co-ed, whatever you'd like, you guys, we'd love to have you join us. All right. Hey, my name is Joseph. This is my wife, Kristen. We are planting Favor City Church here in Las Vegas. And as we Woo. get ready to launch that, yeah, thank you, man. As we get ready to launch that, we are starting a Favor City charge group right here within our walk community, and we'll be meeting on Sunday evening starting next Sunday. We'll be talking about visions and values of Favor City Church, our mission, what our church will look like, but also diving deep into community with each other. So it's a pressure-free environment to explore what God might be doing in your heart. Maybe it's your more to be a part of a new life-giving work in this city. So grateful for our Walk fam. Amen. And just a little bit about that, kind of similar to the Ivies. Maybe today you would say, hey, I'm part of Walk Church, but the only time I can make a group is Sunday nights. I don't know if I'm ready to be a part of a new church plant, but I still want to go, and you totally can, all right? It's a pressure-free environment. If you go to that group, it doesn't mean you're leaving our church. It could mean that God may call you and you may get to learn more about the Gibbons and the Favor City values. And you might be like, this is, this is actually for me or not. But just know it's going to be a, a hassle-free guarantee, all right? It's going to be a fresh time and we'd love for you to check that out if you feel led to. Let's keep going. Hi, good morning. My name is Andres and this is my wonderful wife, Jackie. And we host yeah. a charge group on Tuesday nights at 6.30. Uh, it is open to everyone who wants to come, families, kids, individuals, grown-ups, married, golfers, non-golfers, we don't care. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Um, what we always like to say is our group is known for having good food, so if you like to have good food in your charge group, that's us. All right. Uh, Silverado Ranch, Tuesday nights at 6.30. Thank you. My name is Pastor Dean, my amazing wife, Dorlisa. We do our charge group on Wednesday evening. Now, we have a little bit of a drive. We live up on the far east side on Sunrise Mountain, but it's worth the drive. If you want to get past that thing that I call, hey, how you doing at church? Because you really don't know anybody. Get involved in a charge group. So good. Wednesday night tacos and, and uh, nachos. <laughs> tacos, tacos and nachos. Yeah. Tacos and nachos. 
And here's what we're going to be doing so that we can take this. God wants to do more with me. God wants to do more with us. But God wants to do more with our charge group. Yes, he does. And we're going to do that by studying Rick Warren's purpose-driven life. Nice. You want to figure it out, that book will help you. Yeah. Pastor Dean, really quick before we go, anything specific about your group that, that, would, that would be helpful to know? Some are doing family, some are doing married, some are doing, you got. I know. We're the, we're the empty nester group. We, we don't have kid facilities. We kicked them out of years ago. <laughs> They're done. They're gone. So if you want to come and hang out with us, not old guys, old gals, but, you know, we've yeah. kind of gone around the block a little bit. We're a little seasoned. <laughs> There we go. Some seasoning on the nachos. That's awesome, you guys. Thank you, Pastor Dean. Um, I'm Kinsey, and I'll be leading a young adults group, 18 to 30-ish, with my brother, George Hernandez, holding it down in the back over there. And so we will be leading that together, and it will be switching between Southern Highlands area and uh, Silverado Ranch area on Tuesday nights at 6.30. So... We're just a bunch of beloved branches trying to grow some fruit together, am I right? I love that. Beloved branches. That's a good group name right there. Amen. Thanks, Kinsey. Um, hi, I'm Ashton. I lead the women's group on Friday. Um, yeah, that's some of us up there. Nice. Um, <laughs> All right. We do Friday night at 630, any age, um, married, singles, just as long as you're a lady. Um, and... I'm not sure what we're going to study yet. I'll figure it out by Friday. It's going to be <laughs> uh, good. We walked through the book of John last uh, semester and just trying to dive in together, sharpen each other, pray together, and walk through, you know, the highs and lows of life together. So awesome, join Ashton. the group. <laughs> yeah, and Ashton, you did a great job being our coordinator that last, last semester and super excited for how you serve in our church. And I was just hearing a lot of good fruit coming out of that women's group, so I'm excited for you to multiply it again this, this semester. Amen. We're the Hoovers. We meet on Monday night at 6. The only thing bad about where we meet, it's upstairs, so if you have a problem walking upstairs, I'd recommend another group, but we're doing a book with uh, Francis Chan, Who is God? Through the so, media. Through the media. Yeah, amazing. Right so, now, media. And uh, I'm going to take up that challenge of good food. I think we're. So. I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any so. members here from last group? Did we get okay? You got some claps right now. I've heard Troy and Cassie throw down. <laughs> well, the desserts, anyways. The food's desserts, all right. Desserts great. But that's Amen. us. So. We're on Wigwam and Eastern. Wigwam and Eastern. Troy and Cassie's group. What day again? Mondays. Mondays at six. So I'm grateful we're covering the whole week and grateful to have Pastor Ryan and Kirsten right here. I'm trying try not to fall off the stage. Um, Amen. We love Image Church. Uh, a, a year ago, you guys were similar to Joseph and Kristen and kicking off your group. And actually, you were part of Andreas' group and then multiplied your group. And now it multiplied its group. And you guys are getting ready to launch Image Church. We're you're going to hear a lot more about Image Church over the next few months and weeks um, as they prepare to launch their church publicly. But just talk to us about the season you're in right now as you were once leading a charge group, still are, but how does that look today? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a blessing to get to know so many people here at Walk um, as leading the charge group uh, for, for quite some time. And now we have uh, two different image groups. That's what we're calling them. And, uh, Amazing. And we're, we're excited to have on Tuesdays and Thursday nights at 630 uh, in the southwest side of town. And just a, an opportunity uh, to just grow closer together. Again, like Pastor Hyde says all the time, we believe freedom happens in groups. And, uh, and so we just want to put that out there. If you're just interested at all, about maybe joining a, a new work in the city. Um, man, we have just learned and we just stole so much from Walk Church and we're just uh, hoping to plant Praise new God, stuff uh, it's be uh, so over good. here in the Southwest. But but we would love to have you, uh, again, no pressure, to, but you could check us out on, on Tuesdays or Thursdays and learn more about our church and even decide, hey, Walk Church is still the, the right church for me and we would just, we'd love to have you if you're interested and I'd love to, to, to meet up with you. But we're just excited about all that God is going to do. He is doing um, and and we'd love for you to, to be a part of it amen well praise God we are grateful for that and we are grateful to be a part of the kingdom work happening in the city we believe that God can do more through church planting uh, through multiplication so uh, lastly I'll just say my name's Hayden one more time this is my amazing wife Nina on the screen if we, we may have a picture may not um, but uh, anyways uh, that's the Ivies. they're awesome all right um, but Nina and I, we are facilitating a group as well, and um, our group is on Wednesday evenings. We're going to start, our group's going to start uh, through Zoom, through, there we go, uh, through virtual uh, group, and we're going to make our way toward meeting back in person. So we're going to start our first few, we're going to see how we do on Zoom, and then we're going to start meeting in person. And then when we do meet in person, we're going to challenge all y'all on that food tip, all right? Come on. Those barbecue chicken sliders, man. Woo! can't wait but yeah it's going to be great and uh, looking forward to that if you want to be a part of our group um, or maybe if you're just looking hey I, I'd like to start out online we totally get that we do zoom groups and would love for you to be a part of that and then there's one more other group that you're going to be hearing more about over the next couple weeks and that is a group that we're calling uh, undivided undivided 2.0 some of you guys contributed or, or, or walked through the last undivided the first season um, a few months ago, and Undivided is uh, a really just a Bible study slash conversation about the issue of race and ethnic reconciliation in America and how we as believers and as a church need to model unity and what does it look like to take steps toward reconciliation in this very difficult issue that's in our nation today and how can the gospel tear down those walls of hostility so we can have one another relationship. And so we're doing Undivided 2.0. This is the second round of it. It's called Undivided More Than a Hashtag. And so we're starting that in two weeks. I'm just putting that out there to be thinking about it. That's going to actually take place on Sunday nights. Um, and that'll be a, a, a Zoom option as well as an in-person option at our walk office. So that'll be Sunday nights. But you yeah, praise God for what he's doing through the charge groups here at Walk Church. Amen? Amen. Let's just go ahead and pray over all these groups. This is a... A commissioning? Oh, we got we got one more. We got Wes is in the back. Come on, Hodges. Come on, come on down. Dun -dun -dun -dun. Dun -dun 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 -dun. All right, my bad. So uh, our group will be meeting virtually on Wednesday night, and uh, we're gonna go uh, co-lead it with uh, Pastor Albert and his wife. And uh, we can't wait. Charge group is one of the best days of the week for me. It is literally a charge up in my life. And so we're going to start virtually Wednesday nights, uh, about 6.30 is when we'll start, 6.30 to 8. So.
Praise God. Thanks, Pastor West. Sorry we missed you, Pastor Albert. It's going to be a fantastic group. You guys, the Hodges group is a famous group. Y'all chilly nights and all that, man. But we jump into the word. We, 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 we live out the one another's. We live on mission together. Charge group is a really, a really good moment to experience freedom. So let me just go ahead and let's just pray over all these groups. And if you want to be a part of any of these charge groups, uh, we have a groups table outside, or you can just go online. Your information will be sent to Melissa. She'll get you connected to where you need to be. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for every single group. Jesus, we just pray for the Ivies, the Hoovers. We pray for the women's group, Ashton's. God, we pray for the young adults with Kinsey and George. We pray for the McQuillan's group, God. We pray for the Ramirez group, God. We pray for Favor City and their group kicking off. We pray for the Bussies group. We pray for Tim's golf group. We pray for Tim and Melissa's marriage group, God. We pray for the Undivided group. God, we pray for the Hodges and, and Albert's group. God, we pray for... For Nina and I's group, God, we pray that people would start grouping and start experiencing freedom together and getting charged up. God, you want to do more in us that you would do more through us. So I pray we would experience that. And for those who are watching online, that they would take that step. Fill out a connection card. Get plugged into a group as we kick off this week. Lord, we love you. We trust you. We need you. We want to experience your more. And if anybody that's here today doesn't know you, Jesus, as the Lord and the Savior of their lives, that Jesus, you died for all their sins, you resurrected from the grave, you rose to have eternal life, that everybody in here would be saved, that everybody would take a step and repent of their past sin and turn to you as their only sufficient Savior that they would do that right now. Come on, if that's you right now and you just need to be saved right now, just say, Jesus, save me. Set me free. I turn from my sin. I don't want it anymore. Put your Holy Spirit in me. Change me. Make me a new creation. Save me, God. Place me into community. Use my gifts. I want to know you more. I can't waste my life anymore. I need Jesus. Just pray that prayer. Just, I need Jesus. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth. I believe with my mind. Save me. We want to talk to you about that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.